Hello, and welcome to the North Borough Speak, a podcast that features the people, businesses, and events of Pittsburgh's North Borough. This episode is the first in a two-part series showcasing the historic musicals of Avonworth and Northgate High Schools. Today is April 12th, and we are outside Avonworth Senior High School in a tent, so we can observe COVID-19 protocols. We usually record at the Sound Castle Studio in Bellevue, so we will be losing some sound quality. But the content from our guests here at Avonworth will more than make up for that. So let's start the show. My name is Judy Pastor, and I am your host. Um, assisting me today are two Avonworth journalism students. Could you please introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm Allison Beck, and I'm a senior at Avonworth High School, and I'm also on the tech crew for the musical. My name is Madison Perry, and I'm also a senior at Avonworth High School. Great. Well, thank you for helping me, and they will be assisting me with questions. We are pleased to welcome Deborah Frauen Halls to the podcast today. Could you please introduce yourself and, your, and tell us about your involvement with Avonworth's musical productions? Certainly. Hi, Judy. My name is Deborah Frauenholz. Uh, here at Avonworth High School, I teach AP English Literature at the moment to seniors and uh, Honors English 10 to sophomores. Um, I have been the musical director for 24 of my 25 years here at Avonworth. And I don't know how long the fall play. I want to say about 20. I'm not really sure. Great. Okay. Well, first off, Avonworth has had a long history of musical theater dating back to Little Abner in 1972 and Bye Bye Birdie in 1973. Recent productions have been recognized both regionally and nationally. Can you give us a brief rundown on what Avonworth has done in musical theater in the last few years? Wow. Yeah. Well, let's let's just go back to 2010. Um, the 2010 was the second year that Avonworth participated in the Gene Kelly Awards. Prior to that, we had not done so, but um, with the inclusion and advent of a scholarship program and a national competition, we decided to enter that. So I would say 2010 was sort of a watershed year for us. We had the first student who was adjudicated the best actress for the Pittsburgh Gene Kelly Awards, who then went to compete nationally in New York. Following that, two years later, our production of Sweeney Todd was very, um, I think I think we won 10 out of 11 in our categories or something like that. Wow. And both our best actor and actress represented Pittsburgh uh, at the um, competition in, on Broadway in New York City. So that, those were really big highlights. Nonetheless, um, I would say definitely in, in my time here, we've tried to break the mold. We, we've done a lot of the tried and true and traditional, and yet at the same time, we've really done things that are for our size and the limitations that we have here at Avonworth are extraordinary. Um, Sweeney Todd to mention one. We've done a lot of shows that are like uh, adult fodder as well. Things like uh, Man of La Mancha, very mature show. Um, a few years back, we did a production of 1776 where I would say maybe 80% of the cast members who are the Continental Congress of the United States were females playing men. Um, and that was kind of unprecedented in our area now. And I think we've kind of set the standard that's happening more and more, um, even as we speak. Uh, uh, Phantom of the Opera, we were one of the first schools in the area to actually mount a production of Phantom of the Opera in 2013. And this year we'll follow right in that same mold. War Paint is a really new show. Not many high schools have done it yet. It's an exceedingly difficult show and it requires really mature adult vocalization and acting. So it's it's real privilege to have the students who can do 
such things. Uh, this year's musical is called War Paint, and it has nothing to do with Native Americans or people who ask me this is a military show, <laughs> nothing like that at all. Um, it, it chronicles the actual real history from the 1930s to the 1960s of the two great entrepreneurial female CEOs in the cosmetics business. One is Elizabeth Arden. Um, she was an immigrant from Canada came up with her own studio in New York City, rivaled only by Helena Rubinstein. And Helena Rubinstein came from Krakow, Poland, and did the same, came to America and had her own brand of cosmetics. This is not a show, however, about like girly cosmetics and that sort of thing. It is totally about these women and their rise to greatness at a time when women did not come up with such things as uh, marketing campaigns and didn't become corporate executives and didn't really the world in their particular industry. Um, so it's a real groundbreaker, strong, dynamic women. It, it is about 90% historically accurate. So the things that are in the lines and lyrics were actually said and done by these women. So we've gained a lot of history as well. And it's, it's super cool as a teacher, and I think as a student too, and they can tell you more, um, to be able to portray people who actually lived. You know, it's not like you're just playing the cat in the hat or something like that. You're you're you know, you're playing actual people and, and the, the show is true to their lives and 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 the eras. Costumes are splendid. They are nineteen thirties to nineteen sixties accurate. Um, the songs cross genres. It's a real exciting piece of theater. Are there any male roles? Oh yes, there are. There are. The the, the there are two primary males and each one works for one or the other women as sort of their right-hand man. Mm -hmm. um, Arden happens to be married to her right-hand man. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, those relationships fall apart and those men change their allegiances and they switch. Oh, and that historically actually happened. That's how that's how fast and fierce the competition was. Oh, that sounds fascinating. So we have two other student guests with us today. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Sure. Um, I'm Stella Ryle. I'm a senior at Avonworth High School, and I'm playing Helena Rubenstein. My name is Kira Carlson. I'm also a senior at Avonworth High School, and I play Elizabeth Arden. And you want to just talk about the work that you've done so far this year on the show? Sure. Um, so this year has been a great honor to play Helena Rubenstein, and like Frau said, um, she was a, a real character, and she was this multi-millionaire um, expert in the world of, of beauty um, and it's really amazing to make her come to life and kind of show the world along with Kira um, you know who these two were and really what they what what they did when they were alive um, and you know how, how the, the strides that they made especially being women during this time period um, and kind of like Frau also said um, you know vocally and acting wise this show has been very difficult but it's a really fun challenge to take on the show um, and grow as an actress, um, as a human being, and really feel for Helena and the hardships that she experienced and that I can even relate to in my life, kind of parallel some things in my life. Tell them what else you had to learn. And yes, I had to learn um, a Polish accent, oh. which, <laughs> yes, thankfully I, I had Frau to um, help me, but it was, it was definitely very intimidating at first. Um, because I haven't really done too much accent work. Um, and so I thought doing a Polish accent would be really difficult, but it, it ended up being a little bit better than I thought. Um, and it now it's just kind of second nature. So that's that's been fun. She nailed it. Wait till you hear her. 
Yeah, I'd just like to add on to that. Um, it is a wonderful opportunity to work with Frau and the cast and crew. Um, growing up at Avonworth, it's definitely something that I have aspired to be a part of, and it's wonderful to finally be here in my senior year doing that. Um, and we don't just, you know, come and sing and dance and go home. Um, it's so much fun to be doing something that I love, but I think I can, I speak for both Stella and I, um, how much work we really do put into it. Um, the hours at home doing research and studying lines, going over choreography, reviewing notes, um, and it really has been a journey to get here, but I think both of us are really happy to be where we are. Yes. Now, have you been in uh, the musicals in prior years? Yes. Um, I have been doing Avonworth drama um, since I was in eighth grade. Um, and it started with Beauty and the Beast was my first role. Um, and then I've done um, shows up until now. So I've done a couple fall plays and then I've done the musical every year. This is my fourth musical and uh, I have four other fall plays here at Avonworth and I also did some other experience. Um, so I've really grown up in the theater. Oh, great. At, at Avonworth here, students are allowed to audition for the musical cast seventh grade through 12th grade. Oh, okay. And, and tech, it kind of depends what their mm -hmm. item is. Oh, that's great. And do you both sing? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> Judy, just wait until you hear them. Say. Oh, good. Are you sopranos or altos? Or yeah, we're both sopranos. Okay. Yeah, my voice teacher uses a really fancy word called "I'm a coloratura," mm -hmm. which uh, the way she describes it is, "I can do a lot of different things." Mm -hmm. So I, I really like to go high. That's where I love to be. But um, mm -hmm. I can belt to a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm more of a mezzo soprano or a dramatic soprano. Um, it, it could be called. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't like going quite as high sometimes as, as Kira. Um, but yes, I am a soprano. Yeah, I've been singing for a, a long time now. So, mm -hmm. well, is there any dancing in this show? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Um, we don't do a lot of dancing. Right. Um, but some of the ensemble and the male leads dance a little bit in some really fun songs. Um, so yeah, and they're actually all historically accurate. Again, there's mm -hmm. a there's a swing number at the Cotton Club oh, in New York. Fun. Yeah, it's, it takes place there. It's in the lyrics. Mm -hmm. They go to the Cotton Club. Um, and there is a dance number in the CBS studios when television was in its infancy uh -huh. to announce the um, the creation of Revlon as a brand. And he, he kind of scoots in there when these women weren't interested in being part of the TV scene. Mm -hmm. They felt it was unsophisticated and foolish. Mm -hmm. And uh, Charles Revson jumped on it. And when Charles Revson showed up on CBS, he changed the industry. That's okay. That's the beauty of the tent, Judy. <laughs> Well, we'll be happy to report that the Ohio Township Police are here. <laughs> and how about for the orchestra? Do you have a pit? Yeah, we do have a pit. Normally, we have a larger ratio of adults who play in the pit with us. But this year, given COVID, um, the staff decided early on we'll try to just use kids as much as possible. So I think we have about 10 to 12 uh, orchestra members that are students. And I want to say three, maybe maximum adults, which is very rare for us. Um, a lot of a lot of our band kids and chorus kids and even kids who are musicians outside are in the cast primarily. Oh, okay. So we don't, you know, there we don't have a massive amount of kids that can, you know, just show up and play in the pit. Uh, that just just given our community numbers. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna carry this show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. So here's the real question: How are you pulling this off? during the pandemic. Okay, let's start with the auditions. How are they done given 
the students were not physically in the building. Yeah, well, actually, they were. We started late um, because of the timing of the approval. We had to wait for approval to be allowed to mount a production. Every school during the pandemic has not been allowed. I, I have colleagues in other districts who have not been allowed to, to do any kind of production whatsoever. Um, so when we got the notice, it was already January, which we normally audition in December and we're well underway by January. So it was sort of like a heart attack situation <laughs> where um, we had put in for some rights, did not think we would get the rights to this show. It's highly restricted and I had tried before. So we had a, we had two backups in the, in the cooker there. But um, we're really pleased to get a quick turnaround on this one. Uh, our original intention was to just audition by uh, recording, and the more we thought about it, and, and with the with the um, you know the indulgence of the administration, we were allowed to have kids audition in person. Which really, theater is all about that. I know a lot of school districts are saying, "Well, it's nice they can give you their best performance." Yeah, but their best performance is really going to be in front of you know 550 people in theory. So um, we, we thought it would be the best way to give them still something authentic. And they did. They auditioned one at a time. We had scheduled, you know, really scheduled like 10 minute sessions and they had to come and go and leave the building. We've been exceedingly careful with, with the rules. Um, our kids have been distanced from the start. We started rehearsal virtually first. So all of the like the read through stuff, the beginning, I, I worked with Stella privately on accent you know, from laptops <laughs> back and forth uh, to practice. And, um, you know, the staff met via, you know, the internet and we met with parents via the internet. And once we got like the preliminaries down, we, we knew that we would have to get people into the building. So the orchestra conductor has kids at stepped rehearsal times. Um, we had stepped rehearsal times. Now that we're getting really close to our recording date, we're, we're getting almost everybody into the building at rehearsal time but we take mask and hand washing breaks galore we're very careful about the distancing stuff um we we have been experimenting for over a month with masks and what to actually wear during our filming and i think we've settled on something so we will be in masks but they will be clear mm -hmm. and um you know we're just gonna we want to try to stay as close to the real thing as possible that's great um so our next question was about rehearsals but you pretty much did that sure but uh, how about Sure. The actual performance is going to be filmed at the end of April and it's going to be streamed on demand in May. So May 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, you can pay one price, $12 for a household. You know, invite 39 your oh, closest great. masked friends into your basement or whatever and <laughs> and uh yeah it is so absolutely so however anybody you know if you want to watch it on your phone while you're sitting you know in your lounge chair on your back porch um and you will be able to do that on demand so you you have a time limit it's not like everybody has to you know get in there at seven o'clock or whatever and, and watch at that time but it's only for that series of days so we're really hoping and, and i'm hoping this podcast reaches lots of people that we don't normally reach because this is odd for us. It's really unusual to have to reach out to people like that. Um, I, I think for theater worldwide, it just feels so backwards to us. We're people, people, <laughs> you know, we, we like that, that interface with live people clapping and laughing and sighing with you. And, and it's kind of hard. I know it'll be tough for them to just be filmed, but um, yeah, it'll be streamed on demand for five days. And where can people find that? 
Well, it'll be posted on our school website. It's not yet, um, but there'll be a QR code and a web link. The web link will be our dot show front slash AHS in capital letters and then Warpaint altogether. Uh, it's really easy to find. You'll be directed to a ticketing agent, which is called On the Stage. And there are directions there, very easy to follow. It's like any other online thing you would do with a credit card. Okay, and I'll try to put the information in the show notes for this sure. episode. That'd be great. Okay. Uh, is there anything else that anybody would like to add? Uh, not really. I'm just really excited to see this come together. I'm really excited to see you guys perform. I love watching these. I love watching the musicals every year, so I'm really excited to see you guys perform. And from what I've seen, it's going to be fantastic because every time you two sing, I get chills, and I can't like it, it never stops. It's always getting better. So. Oh. No, it's really true. And Allison's around a lot because Allison helps with tech work. Allison will be working in the sound booth. Mm -hmm. But given our circumstances, I feel kind of uh, bad for the sound and lighting kits because it's going to be like all at the end. (laughs) You know, it's going to be like a couple weeks all at the end. Very intensive. But um, yeah, to hear these two sing is is astounding. They're they're way beyond their years and maturity and and technique. And I, I can't imagine anyone tuning into this and saying, their 18 year old, you know, high school kids, it, it will, it will be a stunner. Yeah. It's a real, it's a real, um, it's a uniqueness as a high school teacher to be able to do shows like this mm-hmm. with don't be offended kids, you know, with, with kids, there are many things that, you know, high school teachers give up and say, well, I'll never do that show or that would be too tough or whatever. But I've had the, you know, the, the great uh, fortune to really have some wonderful talent. to work. How with. large is the cast? Oh, Lordy, I don't know. Um, We have a total of about 65 kids participating across the board. Oh, that's wonderful. It is, yeah. So I'm saying, I'm thinking the cast is about maybe Mm 35-ish. I I really don't know, but that sounds about right. Do you have any other lead actors or actors? Sure, we do. Yeah, yeah. The the two male leads opposite these two ladies, Elizabeth Arden's husband, Tommy Lewis, um, played by Peyton Bauer, who's a junior. And again, they, they are the two primary leads. It's a very lead-driven show. It's another reason why we chose it this year, to keep the ensemble small. Yes. And we didn't really know what we would be allowed to do. So this allowed us to limit things in the event that we were closed down or we had to only film and not see each other and do something digitally. Um, Helena Rubenstein is married, but her husband's not a character in the show. Um, her right-hand man, is sort of like advertising man, um, is Harry Fleming. And Harry provides a uniqueness in this show, and you'll have to tune in to find out what it is. But in, in our day and age here where prejudice is so prominent, mm-hmm. there's some prejudice linked to Harry, and it causes a huge rift, which today might even verge on the illegal. Um, and it, it, it necessitates his departure from Helena Rubenstein Incorporated. Oh, yeah. wow, that's intriguing. Oh, it is. It's, very, it's a very intriguing story. And he starred on this show in on Broadway. Oh, I wanted to finish that. Harry's okay. being played here by uh, Killian Horgan, okay. who is also a junior, okay. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those those are, this is the the, the quadrant, the the primary okay. mm-hmm. the primary cast uh, on on Broadway. This was a this was a stunner, and it was written for these two performers particularly. Elena Rubinstein was played by the um, ever popular Patti Lapone, oh, and awesome. and the show she was really approached first about the mm-hmm. show. And they wanted to pull somebody else in of equal talent and try to write a show that was a balanced dual female lead show, which is unheard of. Mm-hmm. And the two women were a little reluctant at first because they were afraid it was going to be like, OK, so who gets the star? Huh. And and uh, when they pulled in Christine Ebersole, who was not the first choice, 
to play Elizabeth Arden. What they found was these women really clicked. So this is this is a show written for those primary voices, those the ability of those women. And if you watch them, you you can see it. You can actually see that sort of rise. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you can tell that Arden's characteristics are so unique from Rubenstein's and Ebersole is completely suited for that which Patty Lapone is and is not. You know, it's it's really great. And these two women are exactly the same. These two students complement each other in those differences. Mm -hmm. It really it's very paradoxical but exceedingly exciting. Oh, that's great. Well and Patty Lapone was the Patty Lapone was Elena Rubenstein. Yeah, okay. Christine Ebersole was Elizabeth Arp. Okay. I can see that. Wow. Well this this is really great. Anything else? No, just don't forget about us. May 13th through the 17th. <laughs> okay. We'll get some information out to you. We'd love to have you watch. Oh, wonderful. Well, thanks for talking with us. It's always a treat for me to come up here to my alma mater. Great. Thanks. Uh, and thanks to Scott Tufiesh, the teacher at Avonworth, who helped us with the logistics for setting up this episode. I'm looking forward to this performance of War Paint listeners. Let your friends know about this podcast episode and get the word out for the Avonworth Musical this year. And you can subscribe to the North Burroughs Bean on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. You don't want, well, want to miss the next episode when we talk to Karen Clicker of Northgate about their musical, You're Good Me and Charlie Brown. That's right. We like Northgate too. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Northgate. Yeah. I, I, that's why I wanted to do, that's why I do this podcast. To For bring sure. the North Burroughs together. Uh, no, we're great friends. Oh, great. Until then, enjoy the spring here in the North Burroughs. And from all of us in the tent, bye. Bye, bye. everybody. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.